it's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gut. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. And welcome to Wrestling With Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform. So give me a like, follow, friend request, and I will probably give you a return. I am starting to do a little bit more TikTok, so I'll, I'll hype that up just a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, mainly I'm mainly Facebook and Twitter based, but I'm on all social media platforms and I've been doing a little bit more TikTok stuff now. So definitely check that out. Anyway, I'm here to talk with else but wrestling and problems. Uh, there was a problem last weekend. If, apparently, if you uh, went for the show last week, there was no show last week. Unfortunately, uh, Thursday before last, after having problems for a few days with my digestive system, I realized I was having a similar problem as I was having last time. I actually knew I was having a problem the first day, but I figured I'd at least give it a couple of days to see if it sorted itself out. It did not. So I went uh, to the ER, checked in the hospital, and they ended up deciding to have surgery. So I had surgery Monday last week. They removed, I believe, anywhere from maybe about uh, a foot or two of my colon, and now I'm in recovery. So I originally was intending to take a uh, hiatus from the show. Uh, I decided, however, what I will do is I'll just do a little bit of a reduced show. I'm not going to go probably as in-depth as many news articles as we usually like to on this show. I do want to discuss some of the bigger events. And then since this week's show, I didn't have a show last week. I get to discuss SummerSlam, Payback, as well as all the wrestling uh, takeover, uh, all the things that happened, you know, the weekend prior to this one. So I decided I would go ahead and uh, do that and, you know, show will probably be around in the neighborhood of an hour this week or so and i'll probably be doing shows in the neighborhood of about an hour for the next month hopefully my, as my strength builds back up eventually we'll get back to going 90 to two hours eventually but i just just said, decided for the time being instead of taking a hiatus i'll just do a little bit of reduced show so overall i'm doing pretty decently uh gotta go back for a couple follow-ups this later this week uh anyway if you're interested thanks if you're not interested i will move on <laughs> Anyway, I guess I'll get into some of the wrestling stuff. Uh, last weekend was a very, very busy weekend. Not only did you have SummerSlam, or I shouldn't say last week, I should say two weekends ago. Not only did you have SummerSlam, you also had uh, TakeOver 30. You had, uh, as well as that, you had the... Uh, uh, 
AEW Dynamite that was pushed to Saturday. So overall, you had a lot of wrestling. Plus, on top of that, SummerSlam even had the kick show, uh, kickoff show. So there was a lot of wrestling to consume over the last uh, two weekends ago. That actually made it kind of ridiculous. I thought that WWE decided to have another pay-per-view again uh, this most recent past Sunday, but we'll get into that in just a second. I guess I'll uh, just go over a couple of the cards and just give my uh, thoughts and takes on them. Uh, obviously, uh, I guess I'll go with uh, TakeOver 30 or TakeOver Triple X, depending on how you looked at it. Uh, it took place August 22nd to 20th at Full Sail. 30th event, obviously, there was no uh, there was no crowd. They did not do this event at the uh, at the Thunderdome. Uh, NXT is not taking taking place at the Thunderdome, even though Raw, SmackDown, and the regular pay per views are. Uh, overall, the card had a few matches. Uh, they ended up having Brizango defeat Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch and Legado del Fantasma. Joaquin Wilder and Ryan Mendoza. They had Finn Balor defeat Timothy Thatcher. Damian Priest defeated Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream in a letter match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. You had Adam Cole defeat Pat, Mac- Pat McAfee. You had Io Shirai defeat Dakota Kai. And you had Karrion Cross defeat Keith Lee for the NXT Championship. Unfortunately, Karrion Cross, Karrion Cross hurt his shoulder in that match and had to vacate the title the following Wednesday. Uh, overall, there was this was a solid card. It did not feel special to me. This is probably the least specialist takeover card that I've probably watched. There was nothing particularly wrong with it, and I think I'll get into the reason why I felt like this was a little bit more of a grind than most takeover cards. Because takeover cards usually are great. But again, there was nothing bad on this card. There was nothing I just straight up didn't like. In fact, one of the things I was like very, very pleasantly surprised by was the Adam Cole Pat McAfee match. Pat McAfee looked like a wrestler when he was in the ring, with the small exception of his uh, ring attire didn't look like wrestling attire. But even that, he was still better than what most quote non wrestlers wear when when they wrestle. Uh, but Pat McAfee, most celebrities. Even if they're really great athletes, they don't look like wrestlers when they're in a match. Pat McAfee bumped, moved, worked like a wrestler. You could tell he put thought into it. You could tell he properly trained for it. He actually looked like a wrestler when he did his match. So, you know, big hats off to him for one, taking it seriously. He actually did some promos, talking to shooting style promos, talking about Guys who don't take it seriously, who try to enter the ring. He took it seriously. He did a great job. He's one of the few celebrities, quote, that weren't, quote, wrestlers when he started, that actually I'm excited to see if he does continue with it. He apparently is trying to go negotiate a deal, so we might actually see more from in the ring. Who would have thought, though, out of all the various celebrities, action heroes, you know, boxers, you know, all sorts of guys who get into the ring, really the only athletes to get into the ring for the most part that tend to look good when they're just at the celebrity status and don't, you know, commit to full-time training long-term. MMA guys do a pretty good job. 
usually, as far as when he entered WWE ring. But the boxers do a terrible job. Action stars have pretty much done a terrible job. Remember that time Arnold Schwarzenegger was just slapping a guy? Basically, that just looked sad. I was like, you were like seriously undercutting your tough guy status here. But anyway, uh, Pat McAfee did a great job. Like I said, there was nothing wrong with this. I just didn't. I was just not filling this card overall as far as the event. And like I said, I'll get into that in just a bit. But overall, there was nothing here individually that I thought was bad. It's just it was a little bit of a slog and grind to get to. And remember, I was in the hospital this entire weekend. So keep that in mind as you listen to my comments. I was in a hospital. There was literally not much I could do. I had like various tubes in me. I think uh, during this weekend, this was prior to my surgery, so I just had the IV at that moment. So basically all I could do is I could uh, I could basically walk around in my room hooked up to the IV. I could look at the stuff on the internet. And I could watch TV. And that's what I did for that entire weekend. But I'll get back to that in a second. Next, we got the uh, SummerSlam 2020. Uh, this took place at the Amway Center, also known as the Thunderdome, for the next six weeks or so. Uh, the tagline was, you'll never see it coming. Apollo Crews defeated MVP from the singles match for WWE United States Championship. Lashley and Benjamin, Shelton Benjamin were banned from ringside. Bailey defeated Oscar for a singles match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Street Fawfits, Angelo Dawkins, Montez Ford defeated Andrade and Angel Garza with Lazina Vega. Tag team match for the uh, Raw Tag Team Championship. Loser leaves WWE match. Manny Rose defeated Sonya Deville. Seth Rollins with Murphy defeated Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio in a street fight. Uh, I'd say... Uh, I'd give Dominic Mysterio. He looked solid in this match. He looked much better than he looked in prior stuff. Oscar defeated Sasha Banks with Bailey by submission. A uh, little bit of a storyline going into that. Uh, Sasha kind of sold out to help Bailey retain her title early in the event. Bailey did not appear to do the same thing when the situation was reversed. Sasha Banks ended up with a credit look on her face after it. And she would end up with that same look later on in another event, and we'll get to it in a little bit later. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeated Randy Orton, the single match for WWE Championship, and the theme Bray Wyatt defeated Braun Strowman. Overall, this card was, uh, it had some good stuff in it, but I was, again, I'm not particularly excited by it. I did like a few of the surprises, quote, things you didn't see coming. Uh, you ended up with uh, some interesting things happening here. After the match, Roman Reigns came in and just speared the Fiend, uh, did a spear on, on Strowman, attacked him with chair shots, another the spear on the Fiend, and he hosted up the belt. Later on, you ended up... Uh, Related to this, but not actually, actually related to this, you ended up with Roman Reigns is with Paul Heyman now. You saw him at the end of SmackDown saying, that's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. And if you're paying attention, you're like, wait a minute, that sounds very Heyman-esque. And then they scroll to Heyman. <coughs> and he says, you believe that? So they kind of exchanged 
catchphrases, un- slightly related, but also kind of unrelated. Uh, Brock Lesnar's a free agent, so Heyman needs something to do. They're paying Heyman decent money and basically not to work. He hasn't worked since uh, WrestleMania. He had separate deals for his uh, behind-the-scenes work as well as his management gig. So uh, basically, they were just they were paying him for the management gig, but not the behind-the-scenes stuff since he was let go. Uh, so putting him with Ray, Roman Reigns gives him something to do, and he's a valuable resource. He's great on the mic, so that's part of why that happened. But overall, like I said, this was you know this was not a terrible card. There was some good stuff on it, but again, I was not particularly feeling it. Now, granted, part of this might have been to the fact that I was having health issues and. It's kind of worn down. I was on a, I basically was on a liquid diet from the late Tuesday uh, of that week all the way until Thursday the next week. So basically for nine days, I was on a liquid diet. A few of those days, I didn't eat anything at all, including from the time I had uh, Sunday night around midnight. Until Wednesday, I was literally took no food in, no liquid, nothing. I was just limited to ice and water and painkillers. <laughs> Surprisingly, you can do pretty well if you're just on water and painkillers. At least I can. So I never really got particularly hungry. Don't get me wrong. I knew it was a good idea. I kind of understand how cracky is and meth addicts probably feel like think. But overall, uh, I was not feeling this card as as much as I normally would fill a SummerSlam. And again, part of it's also due to the fact that there's no crowd. So the virtual crowd is not doing what I thought it would do. I think part of it is the fact that there's so many small screens. I suppose I prefer a few big screens where you can really get a good view of the action and reactions of each individual crowd member. But I was not particularly feeling this. Uh... I do like one part of virtual fans over regular fans, though, and that's something I noticed. You don't get the spoiler when there's about to be a run-in when there's virtual fans, because they basically see the same thing you see on screen. So if somebody's coming from off the screen and getting in the ring, you usually get that loud roaring buzz as they run down the ramp or as they come through the crowd. You don't get that in this. And the same thing happens when there's like a tag team match or somebody breaks up a count from outside the ring. The crowd live can see it so they cheer or you know pop a little bit you don't get that with virtual fans so that's the one part about virtual fans i prefer to regular fans but overall like i said that was a uh again solid card but not special i did enjoy the roman reign surprise however though i did enjoy the uh sort of continue to uh, falling apart or not even falling apart but potential falling apart of the uh, Bailey and uh, Sasha Banks tag team. So overall, I did enjoy that. Uh, before I move on to payback, I do want to go ahead and take a commercial break. But I also want to tell you a little something because we got a little announcement for you. Uh, it just came down earlier today to me, and I just want to make it clear to everybody Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means survivor, super contests, and squares. At my bookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. 
Rejoice. It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. New players get up to 1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Use promo code VOCNATION, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. So definitely check it out if you if you if you if you like to like you know raise the stakes a little bit on your games, that's a good way to do it. It's the best way to do it. And don't forget to use the VOC Nation as your code. Anyway, we're gonna go ahead and take a commercial break. You're listening to Wrestling with Problems, and we'll be back in just a few moments. Hey, this is Total Package Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into like snuff film territory there. In the room, 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history, the voice of choice, and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You getting ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. 
And wrestle back. Welcome back to Wrestling with Problems. Don't wrestle back with it. Welcome back to it. I'm your host, King David Lane. That's King David Lane on just about every social media platform, including TikTok now. Man, you're doing more things on TikTok, so definitely check me out there. But we're here to talk wrestling and problems. Uh, before the break, we talked about SummerSlam. We talked about uh, NXT TakeOver. Uh, some of the highlights for that was Roman Reigns coming back again. We talked about Pat McAfee's great job and his in-ring debut. Uh, we got a few more other things to talk about because, like I said, it was a jam-packed weekend. So uh, let's go ahead and do a little bit of a uh, talk regarding the AEW uh, show that was on Saturday night because uh, it was preempted for basketball on their normal slot. Uh, they had FTR take on Private Party. You had uh, the Elite take on the Dark Order. Uh, you had the finals of a women's tag team tournament. You had Darby Allen. You had the Lucha Brothers uh, with the uh, Butcher and the Blade take on Natural Nightmares, Jurassic Express. So overall, you did you definitely had a uh, you had a lot of good content on this show. Uh, while I did enjoy the show, I didn't enjoy it as much as I normally would enjoy uh, AEW Dynamite. As I've mentioned before on this show, with so much wrestling on now, there's very little wrestling to actually sit down and concentrate on and watch. A lot of the time it's on in the background while I'm reading my internet daily collection of news and whatnot. Uh, obviously, when I was in a hospital, I actually watched everything. Maybe that's maybe that's part of the reason why I didn't enjoy things as much because I had to sit down and focus and watch so much wrestling. Maybe my attention span is gone as I'm older. But watching basically three, five, uh, eight, that's at least a good eight hours of wrestling over the course of two days, it's too much. <laughs> as much as I like wrestling, it was too much. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I did want to point out something I did like on AEW Dynamite. Uh, one of the things I hated that I even noticed when I was a small kid in wrestling. A lot of times we'll have a tag team match. And this is this is mainly something that would happen if you had a six-man or eight-man tag, but it was I'd say probably in the 80s was mostly six-man tag matches. You'd have a match, and there'd be like three stars on one team, two stars on the other team, and then and the third guy on the other team would either be a jobber, hands metallic, or somebody that you just sort of knew, but you knew this is the guy that's going to take the fall in the match. <laughs> this is the guy. He's going to get a hot tag. And he's going to do well for a couple seconds, and he's getting the pin. There's been a couple of situations where I've seen these matches in uh, AEW, and I just automatically assumed that I thought, okay, I know this is probably going to be the guy that takes the fall in this match. Uh, this Lucha Brothers and Butcher and Blade versus Natural Nightmares Dress Express, I kind of thought, okay, I'm guessing QT Marshall's going to take the fall of this match. <laughs> he did not take the fall of this match. It happened one other time, and I can't remember off the top of my head what match it Oh, I remember it was – I don't remember the overall team dynamic of the match, but I remember Griff Garrison was in the match. <laughs> and I assumed Griff Garrison was going to be the guy taking the fall in that match. He did not take it, so – I like that it's unpredictable. Just because I know you're in a match, 
doesn't mean I should know you're taking a fall in a match. That's that that that's one of those bad eighties wrestling cliches that I hate it. And I'm glad AEW is not falling into it anymore. WWE doesn't really do it anymore because they don't really have those sort of six man tag matches anyway, where you have like two stars and a jobber or two stars and a guy that's lower mid card <coughs> versus uh, and usually the the jobbers on the on the face team by the way. A lot of times it might be like a Jim Powers or a Scott Casey type back in the day in WWE. That would be that would be the guy who was going to take the fall, the the young Jim Powers. But I'm glad, like I said, AEW's not doing that. But anyway, AEW overall solid card. Had some enjoyable stuff on it, but I just was not feeling it as much as I normally feel AEW cards. I just think eight hours of wrestling in one weekend was too much. It's bad enough when you have a takeover and a WWE pay-per-view the same weekend. Even though I'm, you know, even if I'm looking forward to those cards, it's still a bit of a lot. It's too much. I like it better when they spread it out now. Which is a weird thing to say because as a kid, you told me there was going to be eight hours of wrestling in the weekend, uh, and not just like you know stuff like WWF Challenge, WWF Superstars, you know whatever local Mid-South, Mid-Atlantic, and various other local territories and some minor feds, I would have been ecstatic. But the world has changed now. We live in a world where there's like, not only is there like 500 TV channels, there's like 10 streaming services. So I have other things to do. Even being in the hospital trapped with limited options, it still was too much for me. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into payback. Uh, Let's see. Payback, uh, I just finished up earlier uh, this afternoon watching. You had the Riot Squad, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan defeat I- Iconics on the uh, kickoff show. The Riot Squad was constantly on the verge of falling apart as a team, but they did manage to finally hold it together and defeat the Iconics. You had Lashley defeat uh, Apollo Crews uh, for the United States Championship. So basically, the U.S. title is basically becoming the 24-7 title. It's changing hands more than that at the moment. You had Big E defeat Sheamus. Matt Riddle defeated Keen Corman. They treated this as like a huge upset. And honestly, I thought it was a nice win for him. I didn't feel like it was one of the huge all-time upsets the way they hyped it up. I guess that's what announcers do. They're supposed to make it seem like it's more important than it is, but I was not feeling that. I normally don't like when they put, throw together tag teams with very, very limited hype, and that was one of the disadvantages to this payback card in general. There was not a lot of time to build it up with it being one week after the previous pay-per-view. Uh, but the Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax Strife, you had them strifing. You had Bailey and Sasha Banks strifing. Somehow Basler, Basler and uh, Nia Jax managed to hold it together long enough, and they actually were able to pull it off. They did the whole I don't like you and don't like me thing. And overall, like I said, I thought, I thought it was an interesting tag team. You put those two together. Uh, they're not quite what you call a natural tag team. But if you were putting together a team, you say, give me one MMA person, just give me somebody that's like a destroyer. That's a pretty potent combination. So I kind of am looking forward to see what they could potentially do as a team. Uh, overall, I did enjoy this. I should continue the sort of falling out from Bailey and Sasha Banks. So I guess we'll see uh, a little bit later on 
does this cause banks to turn on Bailey? Does this call Bailey to turn on Banks, or are they just going to drag this out a little bit more? Uh, Keith Lee defeated Randy Orton in a singles match. His debut—it was his debut on WWE pay-per-view. Uh, good match overall. Showed uh, a lot of the athletic ability that Keith Lee has, particularly for a man his size, which is incredible. Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio defeated Seth Rollins and Murphy. Uh, Dominic Mysterio has continued to show considerable growth in his time in WWE. He started off basically a guy that's like, how can you be Rey Mysterio's son and have basically probably been trained most of your post-puberty life, if not sooner, and then can't really do much? He shows significant improvement just over the last pay-per-view cards alone, so hats off to him. I think he's starting to get it and starting to understand. Either that or you were just sandbagging the whole time. At any rate, he did a good job. It might be kind of weird, though, uh, the fact that he's like, you know, six, I think he's like six two, six one, two hundred fifteen. 215. His dad's like 5'6", like 180. So maybe that might also have affected his ability to train. You might train a little bit different when you have one style and the style's different. So maybe that played some role in it and, you know, not being able to fully get it, even though he has had some other training in some other places. That is something I, you know, am considering. Uh, you also had Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defeated The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Ross Stroman for the Triple Threat No Holds Barred match for the WWE Universal Championship. You don't really need to say how No Holds Barred seems how pretty much every Triple Threat match in WWE is considered No Holds Barred now, as far as I can tell. But anyway, uh, basically he just let the two, he let the Fiend and the Monster among men beat the hell of each other. They did the spot where the suplex, superplex, basically destroys the ring and the ring collapses. After that happened, he just he didn't even sign his contract prior to the match. He just signed his contract well to the end of the match. Walked in, did a bunch of chair shots, did some spears, took on the goal. So uh, basically, he did what he said he was going to do. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a prediction. It was a spoiler. And you can believe that. So uh, Roman Reigns is now the champ. He's supposedly uh, in store for a nice long title run now. So uh, good luck to him. It was weird they were trying to treat it is a new era. You cannot consider Roman Reigns as champion a new era. I guess him with Paul Heyman is a little bit of a new thing, but Roman Reigns being a new era, I'm going to say no to that. (laughs) He's been champion how many times before? He debuted in 2010. He's been champion, let's see, uh, how many times? He's been WWE World Heavyweight Championship holder three times. He's been Universal Championship holder two times. So you can't be your, basically a world champion for the fifth time and be and be considered a new era. So that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Overall, it's good to see him back. He has a little something to the division. It's good to see him back. Uh, and overall, like I said, it was, it was it was okay. It was much easier trying to watch a two-hour and, I guess, 40 or two-hour and 30-minute card versus watching eight hours the prior weekend. Not to mention all the AEW Dark and MLW Underground and other things I need to try to, you know, consume in a weekend. 
that aren't like quote the uh, main uh, shows that come on during a weeknight on broadcast television. But overall, like I said, it was it was solid. Not great, but you know, I guess for for you, one of the what I call generic pay-per-views, the ones that aren't like the big four, the big five WWE has, it was solid. At any rate, uh, like I said, I think my experience, despite being trapped in a hospital with not a lot other options to do, a lot, a lot of responsibilities, it was just too much for me. I don't know if other people had a different experience, but you can feel free if you want to uh, let me know how you felt about the bonanza wrestling we had, just tweet at me at, at King David Lane again. That's at King David Lane on Twitter. That's the best rest where we just let me know if you have any opinions on uh on the show in general or on the card. And what you thought of the payback and what you thought of uh SummerSlam, NXT Takeover thirty, or just you know, your general thoughts of wrestling in general. You don't have to limit it to just Things I directly address on the show. I, I like. To, I do like to hear people's thoughts about wrestling in general. So you can feel free to tweet at me. Try not to abuse it. I don't. I don't need to hear you live tweet Raw or SmackDown or anything. But overall, uh, that's it. Anyway, I guess I'll, I do have a little bit of time, so I will discuss a few news articles that I didn't have a chance to discuss the prior week since I was not available. Uh. This was actually some pretty exciting news. I was actually kind of excited to talk about this uh, before I go stuck in the hospital. So apparently the TVPG era is over for WWE. Um, people first noticed it, uh, that it went away, I guess, around the 14th of August. Uh, Friday Night Smackdown, the radio show was rated 2014. The cable guys even still listen to this TVPG, so it's something that seemed to happen in sort of the last minute. Uh, I've still, it looks like this, the change is permanent. I've still looked around and haven't seen it being changed back. So I think overall this is a good thing. Obviously, they won't go back to the, quote, true attitude era. I don't think, uh, one, the, the females, I noticed somebody pointed this out. I'm sorry, I can't give credit to uh the person that first brought this up, but I didn't notice that the female talent is treated more like astral wrestling talent and less like TNA. I don't think the TNA era would come back anyway, even if you had, like, if you continued to treat the female competitors like that, but if you still had some valets or something, I still don't think you would bring that, that sort of aspect back to it directly. You could, there are way, There's probably ways to bring some sex appeal and some measure of that Back, but you definitely wouldn't want to do it with the actual wrestlers, at least not most of them. But uh, I don't think they're going to go nearly that direction with the sex and stuff like that. I don't think we'll be seeing a Val Venus come back. They still have a lot of sponsors and stuff they have to answer to, but there could be a little bit more of the crazy factor. There could be a little bit more of these, you know, sort of uh, Steve Austin-like characters, that sort of stuff that I think people, you know, like... The whole you'll never see it coming was a good tagline, and maybe they should adopt that to Friday's Night Smackdown as well as uh, Raw. That's the, that's part of what we miss about the Attitude Era, not just, you know, quote, TNA. The fact that just you th- any given moment, anything could happen. That's part of the that's part of the action and excitement that you get hyped for wrestling for. You don't get a lot of, quote, real surprises anymore. And that's something that would definitely 
help make the product more enticing, I think, for a large part of the fan base. So, at any rate, uh, so I was excited to hear about that. Uh, also, there were some other things I wanted to discuss as well. Uh, NWA announced their weekly pay-per-view partnership with United Wrestling Network. So they're going to have weekly pay-per-views. They're basically doing what TNA used to do back in the early 2000s. Uh, So that will be something that's available to be discussed. I mean, to be be available to be purchased. Uh, NWA Power is supposed to come back eventually as well once they begin taping again. That went on hiatus when the speaking out stories came out and their uh, head was sort of forced to resign. So, uh, the first uh, weekly pay-per-view will be on September 15th, which is actually my birthday. So, uh, feel free to wish me a happy birthday on the 15th or in the days leading up to it. Also, you can feel free, if you really want to help me out, send a million (laughs) dollars. That would help me out a lot. That's, That's the gift I would want. Almost as much as anything, $1 million. Obviously, I'd like a billion more than that. But, you know, I figure, why be greedy? If you're going to send me a million dollars, who am I to hold out, try to jack you up for a billion? So feel free to send it to me. At any rate, uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, it'll be a joint project with uh, United Wrestling Network, NWA, as well as Thunder Studios. Uh Another interesting thing about it, uh, NWA was National Wrestling Alliance, which was, you know, a group of different territories. United Wrestling Network is a group of United Promotions. The current NWA isn't really as much a series of territories, but United Wrestling Network is a series of territories. They include Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Championship Wrestling from Arizona, Championship Wrestling from Memphis. It was created in uh, 2013 by Dave Marquez. So, so now, basically, you have the NWA... The National Wrestling Alliance is working as an independent governing body, but it's working with alliance of territories, <laughs> which is kind of interesting if you think about it. So, at any rate, uh, congratulations to them. Hopefully, they will continue to do well. They were putting together some nice, compelling content. They did a nice job of zigging when other companies were zagging. Other companies tried to go bigger, putting on bigger events. They said, no, we're going to return back to the sort of studio environment. That sort of wrestling, you know, many of us grew up or at least partially on because I was the kind of person I got to watch WWE for national as well as some of the different regional stuff. Chicago was a bigger market, so we we had a lot of a wide variety, even on just sort of broadcast television of what we could watch during the biggest part of wrestling program. I got to watch World Class Championship, Glow, WWF, uh, NWA. There was some syndicated package shows like uh, I think it was called Wrestling Smash with uh, Honey Bee, which is where I got to watch some of the different territories on. And occasionally, if I would be uh, somebody else at cable, I'd be able to watch uh, I think Mid South too. So, but anyway, uh, good luck for uh, for them. Uh, they're not the only one that signed a lot of deals recently. However, though, uh, MLW has been real busy using the sort of pandemic situation to at least you know further their business model as far as some of the things they're able to uh, work with. They were able to uh, sign a deal with uh, Fubo Sports Network. 
So uh, it's going to air episodes of Fusion, although it's going to air on 10 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, so that's 9 p.m. Central. Uh, it also include a replay of the previous week's show one hour prior. You'll be able to stream it live on uh, Ruko, Pluto TV, TV Plus, Zumo, Vizio, and on their official website. So there's that gives you another option to watch Fusion. By the way, it's possible that Fusion might be going away and MLW Underground might be coming back. That's a rumor I'm, I'm hearing. This is not finalized, so don't really take my word for it, but uh, that is a, a uh, thing that might happen because they've been, uh, for the last few weeks, they've been airing NW, NLW Underground, so maybe they'll go with that. Uh, at any rate, the, there'll still be the weekly show uh, airing there. It'll still continue to air BN Sports on Saturday nights, so uh, they'll still continue that partnership, and they, are, they also will be doing some uh, Distribution with the zone as well. So uh, if you're not familiar with that, they're like a sort of pay-per-view uh, company. They do boxing and MMA. But I think they're glad to have some wrestling in the fold as well. So it's a great place to sort of check out some um, um, different forms of combat sports and whatnot. But uh, MLW should be back in uh, recording in October, and they should be back uh, airing programming in November. So uh, good luck to them. I do want to thank SC Scoops for the information in this article, as well as, well as the information regarding uh, NWA's deal with United Network, uh, United Wrestling Network, uh, as well. Uh, we do have a couple of callers on the line, so let's see who these callers are. Let's see who this caller is. Which caller is this? This is the caller who thought he was well, thought he was retired, but apparently he is was semi-retired and just didn't understand the, uh, what was going on normally. Yeah, apparently, apparently I, I said hiatus. I was planning on taking a break, but just for like a month. I wasn't planning on retiring show altogether. Hiatus, not retirement. But yeah, so uh, let's take a break. Retirement. Oh, I, it, it, I, I guess go. I guess it could have been a wrestling retirement. You know, you retire one day and then you're back a month later. <laughs> that would be much. like, yeah. It's like remember that the dude from Motor Yeah, the dude from Motor Motor City Machine Guns retired, and he's like Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions again. I was like, what? How did that happen? Anyway, there's another caller on the line. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, uh, check and see, see if he's at the liquor store. Uh, yep, I can hear him. He's in the liquor store, but thanks for joining us. I'm going to put him back on home. <laughs> yep, uh, I'm pretty sure that's Brian, and I think he's driving home on his commute. Uh, uh, since you didn't do a show last week uh, without me, you can feel free to comment as much or as little as you want on Payback, AW Dynamite, Take Over the Floor is yours, Chris. All right, first thing I want to comment on is Thunderdome. Uh, to the WWE Universe, the fans, stop being assholes, okay? I get it. You're in front of your computer screen. You can put up images if you want to. Stop it, okay? It's just stupid. It is stupid. It costs a trillion dollars to put this thing on. Actually, it don't cost that much. The WWE saving a fortune by They have, like, they rented the building for, like, $400,000 for, like, a month. 
which is a great price. But uh, stop. So, you know, those they did it. First thing you see, you see some, you know, some some idiot thing you'd be funny put on a clan outfit. That's never funny. Uh, showing a decapitation on television, not funny. Chris Benoit on a WWE TV show, not cool. Kenny Omega, not cool. Stop it, okay? That, I actually like the Kenny Omega one. I'll I'll take that one. Kenny Omega, I'll take. <laughs> I, I'll say that one for last. That was the that was the one that wasn't offensive. It, it's do we know? Omega, do we know for sure it wasn't actually Kenny Omega? Because Kenny Omega did address. He was like, I was just trying to have some fun. So maybe it actually was him. You never know. That would be hilarious if a whole bunch of AEW guys were able to actually get on screen. That would be funny. <laughs> But like the clan outfit, the decapitation, and uh, Benoit, not cool. Those were not fun. No one should have ever thought they would. That was a bad idea from the jump. Yeah, I think we pretty much always all knew something bad was probably likely to happen. We just didn't know what measure of bad was going to happen. But I think all things considered, <laughs> it's probably going better than we expected. <laughs> As far as I know, we haven't um, had any nudity yet, right? Not that we know of. So, you know, yeah, small victories. Uh, as for SummerSlam, i trying to remember the highlights or lowlights of SummerSlam off the top of my head. It was all right. It, was, uh, it wasn't SummerSlam that we're used to. SummerSlam is supposed to be our big show, the wrestling fan show, without, you know, being so mainstream like WrestleMania is. But, of course, in this era, nothing is like it used to be. I get that. Um, Payback was actually pretty cool. I'm not a fan of how they did the Roman Reigns thing, but you don't have to build heat for Roman. They hate him. And I like the fact that they're letting him be more. From every report I'm hearing, the Roman Reigns character you're getting now is much more, much more of Joe Anuai or however you say that name. He's much more of him. He's just more laid back. He's being. He's going to be allowed to speak a little more freely, less scripted promos and things like that. Something with Paul Heyman is, you know, good, but. Getting him over his heel won't be hard. I, I still kind of wish they would have waited until there were fans there. Because Roman Reigns coming back as a heel would have had, he would have got, got booed out the state, and that would have been great. You know, hopefully he'll walk out there. And uh, I forgot who it was when they were in Seattle, and they said something about the Supersonics, and the crowd booed for five full minutes. I love I love stuff like that. And that's how you get heat, and that was the right kind of heat. That wasn't the fu heat. That wasn't the go. That wasn't the go away heat. That was good heat. But uh, yep. the stuff the stuff with Sasha and Becky, uh, Bailey, yeah, stuff with Sasha and Bailey. The WWE isn't good at long term storytelling, and most fans don't have the confidence they're going to ride this all the way through. But it's building nicely. It's, slow, it's a nice slow burn. 
now they're down to the only belt they have is uh, on Bailey. And I noticed the other day after Sasha lost her belt, she kept side-eyeing Bailey's belt. It was small. It was nuanced. I loved it. But, you know, she's sitting there and she just kept giving Bailey's belt the side-eye. Man, I want that. Man, I want that. And, if you know, if they keep that going, that'll give us the Sasha Banks-Bailey fight that we've been wanting for, what, a couple of years now? Yep. It's been, it's been quite a while we've been wanting it. And hopefully they get to it before, you know, before it becomes, ah, I don't care. You can, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how I can say this. But every adult here knows you can kind of tease a person to build anticipation. You can kind of tease them, play with them a little bit, and build anticipation if you kind of get what I'm going at. But at a certain point, it's no longer fun. You know, it's no longer fun. You know what? F this. Quit. I don't want to eat more. You know, you can, only, you can only get a person close so many times before they decide they, they don't want to be bothered with you anymore, and they'll find something else to do. Does that make any sense? Yep. I think it's okay. general rule the magic, the magic number for that kind of stuff is like sort of three. It's like the rule of three. Like yeah. if uh, if <laughs> if I dangle this hundred dollar bill in front of you the first time, and then I pull it away, you might get a little pissed, but you're like, see, oh, you just, you just didn't grab it enough. Maybe the second time, you'll probably put a little bit of effort. I can't fool you a fourth time though. <laughs> Like I said, that, that right. if you don't get that turret, you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. So then you move on. But actually, we're, so we're going to go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna go ahead. Uh, third man's making the hot tag. So, uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Shows are right. Thanks everybody for listening. You've been listening to wrestling. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Brian, how's it going? How's <laughs> going? I'm still not as good as Eddie Murphy, but that's okay though. We um, we still got um, much um, joy for you having us on this show, and I must say this um, because no one didn't believe me when I said how this was going to go down, and I'm going to say I told both you guys this: this was how it was going to go down. Why? Because it's WWE, and for some reason, Vince just got it in his old, decrepit head, how he going to screw the fans as usual. So, what where should we start at? The whole um, golden um, role models, or should we start at how Roman Reigns just magically um, appear, or should we just go with you've been building um, the whole thing with The Fiend and Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss, and all of a sudden no Alexa Bliss. Can anyone tell me what the hell happened with, with, with no Alexa Bliss? I think that's part of with a larger. I, I, I didn't. I didn't mind that personally. If they just totally let that part go away and they never do anything with it, then I'll be pissed. But for the time being, we're trying to figure out: is she going to the dark side? Is she going with the fiend? Which is, I think, what they're trying to sort of hinting at. Or is she just going to wait this out and pretend like she's with the fiend, but? Really stay with Braun because she wants to prevent. She wants to uh, show Braun that they really should be something. 
Or, like you said, if, if they do it the stupid way where they just, you know, like they do, they've done with a lot of storylines and just drop it all together, that would make literally no sense. What didn't make any sense to me, and I didn't even really think about this at the time, I only really just thought about it now, is the fact that they had a pay-per-view and Retribution didn't show up. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's right. well, confusing to me. Yeah, and matter of fact, I thought for a second during the car, right after uh, Braun Strowman pushed uh, Bray off the stage and he sort of broke the stage together, the lights went out for a second. My first thought is, wait, the Fiend's wrestling, why is the lights going out? But then I thought, wait a minute, is Retribution coming in now? Or is, you know, Roman Reigns coming in now? Or what's happening? That would have been a perfect time for Retribution to at least come in and do something. And then, if you have Retribution come in at that moment and just beat the hell out of uh, Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman and then just leave, and then you have Roman Reigns just sort of strolling after the fact, now you're asking a separate set of questions. You're like, are they working with him? It Was it just a coincidence? Did they just not care? Did they just want to wreak havoc and leave? Is that what retribution means? Wreak havoc and leave. You wreck, wreck everyone and leave. Is that what they're trying to do? So it would have left you with a lot of questions that, you know, we could have looked after in the next week or so. Or really the next four depending on as you lead into the next review. Okay. Um I I I can I can actually go I can actually um go with that explanation though, but why is it that um, I, I think we can all agree that um, the Fiend is probably one of the, the better characters that the WWE had in years, and yet you um, you give him like um, one of the shortest title reigns. Only one I could think that could match that is probably Sasha freaking Banks. Well, we like, know uh, Sasha don't have a long title run. We no. know this. That's just a fact now. No, but why are you going to do this to the Fiend, then? Why are you doing this to Bray Wyatt? Why even give him the freaking title? None of us have those answers. Now, what I would like to see is Roman takes his title and runs with it for a while, and we get Roman Reigns and Big E. That's going to wind up happening. we would all love to see that. Actually, like, like you said, it's, I've seen rumors. I think SE Scoops is where I saw it, but I can't verify for sure. But I've seen rumors that there is no, quote, plan in place for WrestleMania like there normally is. Normally they have WrestleMania planned out almost from the most recent WrestleMania. There's no apparent long-term plan, because apparently one of the plans was going to be Orton versus Edge being a main event for that. Obviously, with Edge, you're you're just, like, hopeful that he can be back by the end, et cetera, et cetera, but you can't. If I was was trying to build my annual pay-per-view right now, knowing Edge's age and injury history, would I write that in paint and and ink that he's going to be ready for a pay-per-view? You know, that far out, that'd be no. Maybe I could pencil it in, but I'm not definitely not writing that in ink. I'm not typing it up. I'm not, you know, making it a PDF file that I can't edit. <laughs> so, long term, if, if Big E can continue his momentum, you could sort of build to that, and that could be one of the main events. You could have Big E versus Roman Reigns. 
uh, that could be a nice, you know, long-term bill if they choose to do that way. Because again, you don't really have a long-term plan for that at the moment. So that could potentially work as far as that goes. The other weird thing is they still haven't had uh, Drew McIntyre main event at pay-per-view <laughs> as WWE champion. <laughs> he didn't. He wasn't even what, on this one. <laughs> right. So what was the point of him having title? Drew McIntyre is suffering from the lack of audience. The lack of audience tra- is translated to a lack of rating. And, of course, the people, you know, people are looking and saying, look, this is your champion, and ratings are down. Therefore, we need a new champion. This is going to hurt Drew in the long run. And it wasn't his fault. It wasn't he's a bad champion or people don't like him. Ratings are down. And just like with a sports team, like a football team, you lose a bunch of games, they start looking at the coach or the quarterback. You know, they're looking at key people. Why are we losing? Oh, it's this guy. Let's get rid of him. You know, they never. You never look at a team that's losing football games and say, "Oh, it's our it's our right guard. That's why we're losing." They never put it on him. They put it on the marquee people, and low ratings translate to bad champions. Well, maybe that, that that's that's been that's sort of been an issue over the years in WWE. Uh, Bret Hart was considered not a quote strong main eventer. Shawn Michaels was considered quote not a strong main eventer for the for, for I mean strong champions for those reasons because they were like you know the first sort of people they gave the the belt to after that sort of Hogan era when they went away from the steroids and stuff and it was overall a down era. And then you sort of, you know, went back the, uh, the other direction when you got, like, your Austins and your The Rocks and those guys. Sometimes sometimes it's the champion's fault, but it's not always the champion's fault. Sometimes you just sort of, you know, as you transition from era to era, you got people that leave. You know, they reach different stages in their lives. There's different things going on. So I'm I'm not willing to put it on him for this particular case. This is... As far as what we consider modern wrestling, this is an unprecedented event what we're going through right now. This is unprecedented for a lot of different parts of society and entertainment right now. Obviously, we had pandemics before, <coughs> but not in the sort of, you know, for the most part, the computer age. So things, we're experiencing things like we've never experienced before. We have experienced these events, but just not in this way. So uh, I will be definitely interested see once all this ends and hopefully hopefully at the worst this will continue to maybe the middle almost end of next year but uh I kind of wonder how things are going to look from there um I did mention earlier before you guys uh got on the air that WWE's uh, quote TVPG era is over uh SmackDown and Raw are now TV 14. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, I did discuss my opinion on it earlier, so if people listening now, they can always download it and listen to it later if they didn't get to hear it earlier, but I want to hear you guys' opinions on that. Uh, I guess I'll go to you first. Uh, excited, lukewarm, don't care. How do you feel about that? Excited in theory, don't care in actuality. Uh the PG era, I don't think, was ever a good idea because the WWE has a violent product. Their product is violent. That's what they sell. 
And I hate the fact that in America as a whole, violence is okay. You know, the South Park South Park movie did a great job covering it behind the fart jokes. Uh, how violence in America is perfectly fine as long as we don't use naughty words. So we should have never got rid of that. I can't be angry and talk about how, how mad I am at you while throwing out corporately written catchphrases and saying I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your butt on TV. How mad am I if you know, how mad am I if I got a family to kick your butt? I don't sound very angry at all. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a playful slap on the bottom because you angered me. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm going to smack you right back on yours because you angered me. <laughs> that would be pretty hard that to say. <laughs> that sounds like a completely different TV show. I was going to say, that sounds, like, that sounds like a different, like, not TV PG show. <laughs> I don't know, you know, you don't, you don't have a... You don't have gold just threatening to sodomize anybody, though, so that's the, the oh, different... <laughs> But you did have Brock Lesnar. Uh, Paul Heyman did that for uh, Brock Lesnar, technically. What? Because when he when uh, Paul Heyman will come out, talking about Brock is going to uh, conquer you. <laughs> that didn't sound good at all. If a dude said he was going to conquer me, that would give me a whole different motivation to fight. Because now I'm fighting for something else. <laughs> now we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. <laughs> So, I I, I get um I, I guess my question uh, will, will be uh, would um, Paul Heyman um, tell Lesnar's opponent to grease himself? To grease himself. He should. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be the coolest promo <laughs> ever. Look, Sunday night at the pay per view. If you smart, you'll grease yourself up first so it don't hurt so bad. That would be the best promo ever. Grease yourself <laughs> up be. so it don't hurt so much. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Uh, I'm actually hurting a little bit from laughing because. Uh, <laughs> My insides are like have been cut up and they've removed part of it. So for the most part, it took me a couple of days. Before I, get over, I get over coughing and laughing without, without uh, you know discomfort. <laughs> I was slightly uncomfortable <laughs> by that laugh from laughing from that. <laughs> I would say that it was probably worth it. I don't think I've ripped ripped any of my sutures open, so I hopefully I'm fine. <laughs> Although if there's no show next week, you might know why. <laughs> Damn. But at any rate, uh, let's see if I got anything else real quickly that I run that I wanted to run past you before we go because the show's just about over. I think I addressed most of the stuff I wanted to address. Although I will I will see some time to you guys to you know discuss anything you might want in mind. Oh yeah, there is one other thing. This is minor. I don't expect any great opinion on this, but uh, apparently WWE has filed a trademark for Saturday Night's main event. Why on God's green earth would we need Saturday night's main event when we already have pay-per-views every three or four weeks, takeovers every two months, 
SmackDown every week, Raw every week, NXT every week. We don't need Saturday Night's main event right now. I love Saturday Night's main event when I was a kid, when we didn't have Raw and SmackDown in particular. <laughs> I have no place for it in my life right now. Basically, Saturday Night's main event was basically like a minor pay-per-view when it happened. So, in an era where we have stuff like payback and whatnot, we don't need it. <laughs> anyway, I, I will go to uh, Brian, your your thoughts first. Uh, well, um, it's, it's pretty much like um, hmm, um, just like um, how many of us got the time or the opportunity to watch 205 Live or when it was on um, NXT UK along with SmackDown Raw um, Raw um, what's that Raw Talk and uh, a couple other things they threw in it's like hmm now that, that that's probably a little bit over saturation to, to be quite honest it's, it's too much the pay-per-views alone isn't bad when it was quality pay-per-views, but it's not it's not the same. Like like Chris said, nothing is really the same. Now you have a couple good things here there though, but back in the day, it should stay back in the day. Just just, just keep it in the um, WWE library, and we could watch it um, just for nostalgia purposes. Okay. Uh, your thoughts, Chris? Uh, I agree with I agree with you. Actually, uh, when Saturday Night Main Event was a thing when we were kids, there was there Raw and SmackDown didn't exist. You never saw a main event or fight one another. Uh, you know, you saw you saw Chicken uh, and Steamboat Steamboat versus Moondog Rex. Uh, that, you know, that's what you saw on Saturday morning. So Saturday night's main event, they could kind of push it as what seen paper. You don't need that now. We don't need any more WWE programming. We need better programming. I'd I'd be willing to give up five hours of WWE programming a week to improve Raw. If we could only have the three hours of Raw, and it was the best three hours of wrestling you could get, I would take that over what the eleven or twelve hours a week we get on average now. Yeah, I'll trade that in a heart for better rest. Actually, you know, know, know what I probably should start doing? Instead of watching Raw and SmackDown, well, actually, I know, I'll probably still put them on the background. But what I should start actually watching is this week in WWE <laughs> and actually just focus on that. <laughs> that way, at least I'd be able to see the highlights and I'd probably... There's probably stuff that slips through the cracks, but I don't pay full attention to the show. So that's something I probably should consider doing, watching that every week. Because I always forget to watch it, even though it's on the network. So I should probably consider that. Well, I I cheat. I uh, watch uh, World Culture Wrestling ups and downs for all the wrestling shows. And I listen to him go through a whole breakdown of the show. And if you mention something that I really think is interesting, I will go watch but on average, you're like, okay, got a gist of that, got a gist of that. Oh, that happened? I got to go see this. But, yeah, I don't watch it all. I can't. I, I have a life. 
unlike, unlike a lot of wrestling fans, I know what girls are for. So, you know, I don't live, I don't live in my mom's basement watching wrestling. And don't get me wrong, I love wrestling. I do, but I have a real life, and I just can't devote 12 hours to WWE and four hours to AEW and an hour to OVW and Impact and uh, all the other companies out there. I cannot do it. I just don't have that kind of time. Yep, so he's in agreement with me. No place for this. So Now, since we're pretty much at the end of the show, I'll go ahead and uh, see if you guys got anything you want to discuss and bring to the table. First, I'll go to you, Brian. You got anything you want to uh, talk about before we go off the air? Uh, yeah, um, actually, this is more dealing with um, New Japan and... Um, um, my man um, Naito is a double champion once again, um, um, heavyweight champion and um, intercontinental champion. Uh, he he won the belt um, from his former stable mate um, Evil. Great match. If you get a chance to see it, watch it. Naito um, versus Evil. One uh, one of the better matches of the year. Yep. Congratulations to him, and definitely check that out. New Japan is always a fun watch if you if you if you actually like good in ring work. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, anything from you, Chris? Yes. Okay. Now we've talked about this in depth before. The super kick. I've banned the super kick because it's been overdone to the point it means nothing. I just saw today John Moxley super kick Renee Young on YouTube because they were pushing out. The super kick is dead. So let's admit, the super kick is over. When guys are super kicking their wives. <laughs> now, let's be real. There are guys, so, so wrong. No, sadly, there are guys that actually, there are actually sadly guys who uh, punch their wives and punches aren't over. So, uh, nope, that doesn't mean the super kick's over. <laughs> but the move that I, my, my next move to bed is the superplex. Seth Rollins a career veteran in the professional wrestling business, gave a superplex to a guy who's brand new to the business. And instead of, you know, acting like, oh, I just fell from 10 feet in the air to my back with this other guy, he pops right up to give another move. He has completely devalued the superplex now. Superplex now means nothing. We can no longer have a superplex for three years. And when we have a superplex three years from now, that ends the match. I don't know. Like uh, maybe Seth Rollins is just such a superhero that he can take a super flex <laughs> bump because he's so strong that he, he's the he's the exception to the rule. You're not buying that story. Okay, well let's say he is. Pin the boy. Fair super enough. Flex <laughs> That's, that's definitely fair in the match. Especially somebody who's new to the business. <laughs> yes. Dominic Mysterio, whatever. Like, like third or fourth match. So yeah, that that is that is definitely a fair point. So yeah, that 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 um I I wasn't going to comment on it, but since you brought it up, um 
I'm I'm curious. At what point was it a good idea for his first match to be against Seth Rollins? Well, this isn't his first match. He's been training for a few years. He's had some non televised work, but when you're new in this business, you want to be with the very best. You need someone in their ring. Oh wait. All right. You know what? Forget it. We shouldn't be saying this on air, but I think most of the people listening know this. You're new. You want to be in the ring with somebody who can guide you through a match safely, who make it look, who can make it look good, who can make things, who's able to call the match, control the match, and he's there for anything that don't go quite right. Because no matter what you think of, what you plan on doing, things don't always go as smoothly as you want them to, and you need somebody who can iron that out and keep it smooth and keep it running forward. The other thing is, uh, I think there's an assumption that Dominic Mysterio is actually a long-term guy who will be talented in the business. So that's why they're debuting him. They don't, they don't think he's, quote, David Flair. <laughs> they don't think he's the guy that we're just going to, you know, we're going to use him for a couple months and then realize that he sucks and then throw him away. I think that he's the guy that is expected to be a lifer in the business, assuming you know, obviously he can stay healthy and be there for a long term. <coughs> he comes from a respected family in the business. So even though you weren't going to have him, quote, you know, beat a former world champion in his debut match, again, all the things that Chris said as far as having him somebody that can work with him, somebody they respect. Obviously, his dad's the respected legend in the locker room. His dad probably has some influence to say, hey, I want my son to work with somebody who's, who I know who will probably take care of him. Although, to be honest, if I was debuting in my match and I wanted somebody to, quote, take care of me, is Safe Rollins the guy that really you want to, quote, take care of you? Does he have the reputation of exactly. God is going to take care of you? Exactly. Not at all. That's why I asked the question because I, I, thought about that. I didn't think about that when Chris was saying it, but as I as I gave my explanation, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's not exactly. That's why I asked the question. Like, you really thought his first match on television should have been with uh, Seth Rollins? I don't know. I, yeah, I thought. I, I didn't think I, of his injury uh, history. Yeah, he's I hurt a lot of people. I did. That's why I'm like, listen, like, that poor boy could get killed. <laughs> right. Well, does Ray have any other kids just in case? <laughs> <laughs> he, got a, he got a girl. Maybe she'll be great. It worked out for Ric Flair. The boys yeah. didn't work out well, but the girl, one of the girls came out great. I don't yeah. know what ever happened to her, but maybe she'll be back, be back one day. Maybe. Oh my God, that that's 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 horrible. But uh, um, one um, one little side note, um, I actually was on YouTube last night, and I seen one of the most funniest things ever. They actually had this um, video game that was so. Horrible of a rip off of WWE wrestlers. It is it, it, just comical. Ooh, and what's called? Uh, I had to. I had to. Um, I had to um, send it to you guys on Messenger because this, this, this crap just had me laughing so much. And I guarantee you, once I send it to you and you guys look at it, y'all will know exactly what I'm talking about because this, I don't know who the hell got away with this. 
But I guess since there's only one game that ever came out, at least what I know of, this is just comical. And I ended with that. Okay, well, definitely send us the link. Matter of fact, send, uh, don't send it to me in Messenger. Send it to me on Twitter. Tweet it at me. That way I can retweet it so the fans can check it out as well. It'll save me the trouble of trying to copy the link and paste it. So definitely tweet it at me as opposed to sending it in the Messenger where we often communicate. Anyway. Tweet it to him, mention me, and we're good. Yep. Anyway, you've been listening to Wrestler Problems. Thanks for joining us. And I do have some. I do have one more message before we get out of here and we and we close out. So let me go ahead and uh, school you, young fellas, to to some more game. And here we go. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means Survivor Super Contest and squares. At my bookie, winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up, watching your team trounce their rivals. Rejoice! It's time to celebrate the NFL season. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code VOCNation, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. From live betting to championship futures, every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your Pick, win big, collect your cash. Use promo code VOCNation, all one word, no spaces, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. This is a sister, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at nine. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm, and you know Ray there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings, and then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Dylan, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. 
Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein with the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, yeah, you get, get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. I came looking for booty. I like you, and I want you. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can do it the hard way. The choice is yours. Well, I don't think you and I will be doing anything any kind of way.